Welcome to the Low Rates High Returns podcast where we'll uncover the timeless investment principles so you can escape the rat race, earn passive income and create lasting wealth. I'm Pete Wargent, investor and financial coach and I'm joined by Stephen Moriarty, private investor and the co-author of our new book, Low Rates High Returns. In each episode of this podcast, we talk about the crucial concepts around managing your own money, how to invest, when to invest and the key lessons we've learned along the way about generating passive income. The things we discuss in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice, and we recommend you reach out to a licensed professional advisor who can help you with your unique circumstances. Enjoy the show. We're always talking about investing, and we understand that is why so many folks follow us. But we do like to broaden things out and keep life interesting, so we're going to do a mini-series on the 4Fs model for life. Fun, fitness, finance and philosophy. Money is a means to an end for many of us, and while it can help to express who we are, we think at some point all of us should take a look at what makes for a successful life, whether that's as a single person, a parent, a mentor or simply a student of life. So we hope you enjoy this series. It's the 4Fs model for life. Fun Fitness, Finance and Philosophy with me, Pete Wargen and Stephen Moriarty. Cheers. G'day, welcome to the Low Rates, High Returns podcast with me, Pete Wargen. I'm here with Stephen Moriarty. G'day, Steve. How's things? Good, Pete. Good. How are you? I'm really good. It's a new mini-series, an exciting time for us. So we've just wrapped up on our Warren Buffett mini-series. So uh, now we're going to do a new mini-series. And my goal when we do these mini-series is to cover some interesting content, but also to try and get some lessons or learnings, as they say these days myself, so that we all come away with something useful from the series. So this time around, we're going to do what we call the four Fs mental model uh, for life. So that's fun, fitness, finance, and philosophy. So looking forward to uh, just a six-part mini-series. One of the things that, you know, we, we talk about a lot here is about finance predominantly, of course. Uh, I can tell you at my age, 58, you sort of get to start thinking about other things, you know, because once you're, and I was, I've thought about this for the last few years, you know, where I, I often sort of think, oh, I wonder if I'd be thinking about different things if I was still in, you know, a full-time employment or, you know, and working for somebody else, that sort of routine. So, I think we'll probably discover a few good things over the the next coming weeks. Yeah, looking forward to it. So uh, I was actually uh, on the Warren Buffett theme. I watched a bit of the uh, Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting yesterday and uh, Warren and Charlie still going strong in their mid to late 90s, so pretty impressive. And, yeah, it's interesting because, um, you know, we talk a lot about money not being everything. It's more of a means to an end. And I think... um, you know, these days when people think about very wealthy people, they tend to think of Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates. I think um, when I was growing up, particularly because I was interested in cricket, um, uh, John Paul Getty II was one of the big names, especially in Europe where I grew up. And uh, it, it's, uh, I think as an intro, I'll, I'll just do a little uh, overview, more than uh, anything, just as an example of how uh, being uh, very wealthy doesn't necessarily lead to a balanced life or or a happy one. So, uh, I mean, it's one hell of a story. It would take way too long uh, to cover today. But uh, I guess in essence, um, John Paul 
Getty the second. He he was born into one of the wealthiest families in history, a lot of oil wealth. And he had a very puritanical father who was often absent, which itself uh, leads to a lot of problems when when uh, fathers are off working all of the time. So uh, John Paul Jr. got involved in um, the European counterculture. He was famously a heroin addict. And of course, nothing worse for his dad being a, a sort of a hardworking Puritan. And uh, his dad told him, look, you, you get sober or you're out of the business. And uh, that didn't didn't really go down too well, and it it's just a tremendously sad story because uh, John Paul's uh, second wife um, actually did manage to get sober, and then uh, the law court said if she wanted to get a divorce, she had to show that she'd made some attempt at reconciliation. So she they re met uh, met up again, and of course she relapsed and died famously. And then even beyond that, um, his uh, one of his uh, children, John Paul III, was kidnapped for a seventeen million dollar ransom and his father said no i'm not paying that i've got 13 grandchildren uh you know they'd all be kidnapped if i pay the ransom and he thought it might be an elaborate ruse so um then after uh they got uh john paul jr's uh well john paul getty the third his ear was sent to him in the post and they paid a ransom and it's just a, a terrible story and he ended up you know he's depressed for a decade and ended up in a clinic and it was only then that he discovered cricket and he bought this 3,000-acre mansion out in the country. Um, but I, I suppose that's just one example, and we could think of a million others, of where uh, having a huge amount of wealth doesn't necessarily lead to a happy or balanced life. It's true. You, that's, that's just as you were telling the story, I was you know, just running through my mind. People like you know, Elvis Presley, uh, Michael Jackson, um, and plenty of others who have got basically what you'd think is the world at their feet, you know, that they could do anything. And yet they're, you know, basically most of them died of drug overdoses because they were miserable and unhappy. It says a lot when you think about it in this day and age where you look at the the general media these days, Pete, and most of it is about celebrities and, you know, they're all on Instagram or TV shows or they're getting awards or, you know, they're talking about what the, what products they do. Some of the stuff you look I think, anyway, and look, I, you know, I'll be the first to admit at 58 I'm not exactly, you know, cutting-edge culture, but I, I look at some of it and think, really, you know, do people have to advertise, you know, some sort of product when they're obviously not short of money? And I, I'm always sort of thinking, well, why would they do that other than to be... I don't know, in the news or relevant or something. But just as you and I were talking, but you know, off mic just before we started, it just seems really funny how, you know, as you get older, there are some people who just never get any of life's lessons or, you know, they don't actually get any wisdom. And I think that's what, you know, why we were talking over the years about the four Fs because, you want to sort of get to a point in life where you go, look, I've got money, okay, that got that ticked, and now I can think about these other things which are, you know, the fun, fitness and philosophy. And that's where it sort of it, it, it strikes a chord for me and because you would always hear this stuff. I've had chronic asthma for 50-odd years. So, you know, that's been a, a, a fair burden for me and there have been times when, uh, there was only one time that I nearly died, but all the other times when my, my asthma was chronic, 
there were times when I used to think to myself, geez, you know, like what happens if I drop dead? Most of the time when I was single, I was fairly sort of bulletproof and it didn't worry me that much. But once I got um, once I got my own children, that's when you really start to go, oh, actually, I better, you know, start thinking about the other Fs because, as I said, once you get that finance out of the way, your mind starts to tick over into the other things. And the thing that I found was the, the big one is philosophy because you start to sort of, you know, you hit middle age and everyone has that, now what do I do and, you know, what am I on planet Earth for? And there, but there's the the fitness part of it as well. You know that it's no good being a millionaire or a billionaire if you've got chronic health problems. And then the other part was you you're going through this life with money, but realizing that you're absolutely miserable. You don't have any fun. Um, your family are a constant source of irritation. These days, when we focus a lot on finance, there's a real necessity to to look at some of the other things that as well. Now, we mentioned um, Charlie Munger there before, and uh, Ch- Charlie Munger, he says you need, um, well, models to go through life and specifically uh, mental models to be exact. And what he says is that it's important uh, to look at things and develop a model as a way of thinking or to guide you in your decision making. And as you mentioned, the philosophy is a big part of that. But it's more, I think, our 4Fs model, I think it's important to it's not like one of these, um, you see these articles, uh, eight steps to happiness sort of things, yeah. and you, you must meditate, you must get up at 3 a.m. And Because uh, as we've talked about in our uh, episodes on the Enneagram assessment, there's all kinds of different personality types, and you have to find something that works for you. The four Fs is really a mental model. I think balance is clearly a big part of it because as John Paul Getty's story shows, you can have all the finance in the world, but if you're not happy and you don't have your health and fitness. And in fact, he uh, lost his son uh, who's paralyzed from uh, drug addiction as well. You know, there's there's no uh, benefit to being in the wealthiest family in history if you're miserable as sin and and don't have your health. Um, so I think um, that there was, uh, you often hear some of these phrases in life, you sort of say them without thinking them, but th- there used to be a thing where people used to say healthy body, healthy mind. And I guess that that probably does hold a lot of truth, like a lot of these sayings, um, because uh, certainly as I've found a few months ago and I got a relapse in my sciatica, it's very hard to be cheerful with the world if you don't have your health or if, you, if you're hobbling around on one leg. So, uh, so that's basically the idea between the four Fs model, fun, fitness, finance and philosophy. It's a mental model and you know, it's designed to be adaptable to your situation, but it's just a way of thinking about balance because success in life is not just about financial success of course you know for a lot of people it's happiness fun or family you hit the nail on the head there because what you read um what you know i've read a lot of this stuff over the years because it's been it's the psychology and just all of that that stuff has interested me and it's funny that like you said right at the very beginning you know the the stuff about oh you've got to meditate and you've got to get eight hours of sleep and you've got to eat rabbit food and you know, you've got to look after your health and you've got to be friendly and you've got to be kind and, you know, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. You, you, know, you end up dropping dead after a week <laughs> with all of this stuff you've got to do to have a happy life. It just seemed to me that the Enneagram was a real eye-opener because what what I discovered out of that was that meditation is good for some people but and I've done it myself but the style of 
meditation of just sitting there doesn't does really nothing for me. I'm much more interested in just getting playing into playing my guitar and just mindlessly playing guitar for 30 minutes and relaxing my mind, going for a walk. So, you know, my sort of idea of meditation is active meditation. That's different to somebody else who might say, oh, no, you know, I'm really happy just sitting on a yoga mat, you know, meditating. And it's like, okay, watching a candle or whatever. And I think that the, the part that you talked about there about success is different for all of us and it looks different. And the part about the balance that you mentioned in, in my mind is the balance is, is constantly changing. And what I mean by that is I've always found that we, we often get stuck in a single point in time. And we talk about this in finance, this static view versus dynamic view. And what I've sort of learned over the years is that idea of saying, okay, what I'm doing now is just that, just at this point in time. And in terms of finance, for example, you can look at your stock portfolio every day, but what you're seeing is not the result. All you're seeing is the variance or the fluctuations, you know, in your portfolio. So one day you're up 5,000 or 10,000 and the next day you're down 12 or 15 or whatever. And what you find is that that starts to dictate your mood a little bit, whereas if you step away and say, okay, well, tomorrow's another another day and, you know, it'll probably go up or I'm not sure, it just means that you you take a dynamic view. And so from my point of view, it was always about, you know, people talking about balance and stuff. And what I found was that it's more unbalanced but it's a matter of how, you know, you might give greater weight to finance for the first 15 years or 20 years of your life and put little on fun and philosophy. But then as you get older, you move over to, you know, fun, uh, fun and philosophy and fitness and those types of things. So the, the idea of dynamism is the balance is always changing and it's changing depending on what you're doing, what you want to do, but also in the way, as you know, life changes, you know, with like things like COVID, where suddenly all of that planning that you had stops because you've had an external event that determines what, you know, what you're going to be doing for the next 12 months. You've got to stay sort of nimble, so to speak, but have a general plan in the background. Yeah, yeah. So I think... um, so good point there that you made um, about understanding yourself first. And we've talked about the Enneagram assessment. And I guess there's a good reason why a sage or a guru, they, they have this uh, phrase, know thyself. And I think that that is obviously a big part of it because everybody is different. You might have a very different definition of success from from what I do. And uh, you've already yep. mentioned some of the things that you do for, you know, for fun that for me, I, you know, I really struggle with playing the guitar and stuff like that. I'm just, you know, some things work for some people and not for others. Um, yeah. So when, um, when we talk about the investing principles, we've got these eight timeless principles that we work through. So there's four thought principles and four action principles, as we've talked about before. It's a little bit the same with the four F's mental model, the fun, fitness, finance, and philosophy. Uh, first comes the thought and the planning, and then later comes the actioning. And what yeah. we're going to do in this mini-series, we're going to do an episode on each of the four Fs, and then we'll have a final episode to recap on what we've learned. And, and uh, we'll talk probably a little bit 
um, on the way through about our own journeys and uh, some of the highs and lows, because like everybody, you know, you have some, uh, there's a learning process as you go through and, you know, you have some jobs that you enjoy and others that you hate and uh, successful uh, investments and losing investments. So it's not, it's not a smooth linear progression, but I guess uh, what the 4Fs model helps you to do is actually, um, I guess it's a it's a framework really for uh, or a mental model for for articulating a balanced and successful life. Um, so with regards to the thoughts and action principles, I, I guess you could, I mean, you can think of the four Fs model any way you want, of course. But I guess what we would say is that the, the fun and fitness uh, parts of the model they're really mainly sort of body related, and yeah. finance and philosophy are more mind related. I guess if you're looking for a starting point, then presumably uh, philosophy is the best place to start because I, I guess everything else hangs off that. It's funny. Yeah, you're right there. I, I was thinking about fitness, you know, and thinking, oh, well, you know, because you, you hear that a lot. Oh, you you know, you got to take care of your health. And I, I don't disagree with that. You know, as you said, it doesn't really matter what comes first. I give preference to philosophy. The reason why is because... I think it gets back to what you just said about knowing yourself and that plays a critical part in the other three because if you don't know your strengths and your weaknesses, then you'll continue to sort of make mistakes without getting any wisdom. Um, and I know, you know, some people might go, oh, well, that's, you know, I don't believe that. But there's you know, lots of us make the mistakes, same mistakes over and over again until we basically sit down and think about them. And for me, I've always searched for not, not a, a, a model as such. When I do these, the four Fs, I think of them within a framework. And, and, and what I mean by that is when it comes to, for example, fun, then it might be something like, okay, well, how do I actually, how do I actually interpret fun? Like what, you know, because what's fun for me is not fun for you. It gets down to the individual level and you can suggest things to me, but really I'm the only one that can say, yeah, 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 actually, thanks for that, Pete. I really enjoy, you know, playing cricket or something like that. Yeah, and it's also a journey, right? Because, what you know, what I found to be fun when I was 19 years old, yeah. um, I probably find it fun for about three hours in middle age, but these days I get a lot more pleasure out of, you know, much uh, more sedate pursuits like gardening, spending time with the kids, yeah. going to wet and wild, you know, things like when you're 18 or 19, they would seem like boring things to do. So I guess it's a it's a progression as you go along as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, um, that's why, you know, I, I, we, when we talked about what we we're going to do next, we thought we'd do this because I, I think it's really important for people to stay focused on not just the money but the, the life they're living as they're accumulating wealth because I think a lot of people get money and then, this is my observation, quite a few people don't know actually what to do once they've got enough money. And I, and I can tell you I've got a few friends that I think are a bit like, well, now what do I do? You know, and it's a, it's a really interesting sort of question. Because if you, those, you would know the mind-body connection, you know, and if you're, if you're unhappy, then that feeds in 
to your your diet, um, you know, you might drink too much or you become miserable, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's really it's really important to have frameworks in each of those areas because like you said at the start, they're the they're the four main things in life to me. The the philosophy, you know, how you think about life, fun, fitness and finance. They're the three major things that really play a role in a successful life. They're really individualized. And the thing I noticed is in the last probably five or ten years, there's a lot of self-help books that have come out. They're constantly talking about the same sort of things, you know, about meditation or mindfulness or about, you know, being a mad achiever or financial independence, retire early or all of these sort of things. And I don't think they're that well thought through from an experiential point of view. I think a lot of it is I've read a lot of books now, I write my own book rather than saying, I mean, I, I will defend that statement by saying, well, I'm 58, you know, so I've got a few, you know, I'm not 28 writing a book going, oh, here's what you need to do to lead a successful life. I'm 58, so I've got a few battle scars and I I think I can help people in terms of just sort of saying, look, this is what's happened to me. Generally, that may not be useful. The more useful advice, I think, is to say to people, here's the, you know, here's our thing called the four Fs. You might want to have a look at it and, you know, that will be the thing that, you can have a look at and go, yeah, 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 and I include, you know, family or, you know, something like that. But it's it, it's it's necessarily broad in talking about, you know, how you can help yourself, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So many books, uh, you know, people, I guess they've had their own experience of what uh, their journey and what's made them happy and successful. And, and then it's a, almost like an instruction manual for everybody else to do the same, which which may be fine, of course, if you're looking to follow exactly the same journey. But of course, we're all on our own uh, path through life. Um, yeah. So, and I think, you, as you said, you know, you know, really, the finance part should be a means to an end, but it's worth having a think about what that end actually is, because if you don't have an end in mind, <laughs> you, you can go on accumulating wealth forever, but it, it may not necessarily uh, lead to a fulfilled or satisfied life. Uh, I think that point you made about the, the body-mind connection is an important one, and uh, I think it's, it's probably way more complex than we can even yeah. contemplate. The human body is a very complex thing. And I think, as you mentioned on an episode before, you know, people talk about, well, take me as an example. People say, oh, you know, you seem like a very relaxed and easygoing person and, you know, you, you by and large, you know, upbeat and happy, pretty generous sort of person overall. Like you obviously have your faults like everybody else. But as you said, you know, that that's me here today. Like you put me in a different situation, you know, penniless, trying to feed a family, you know, unwell, unhealthy, you could get a very different person just because of the circumstance. And I think that body-mind connection thing, that, that's why the, the healthy body, healthy mind uh, mantra is an important one. Uh, before we come on, there's probably about eight characteristics, I think, of people who who sort of populate those four Fs in their model very well. And we'll come on to those to wrap up today. I think it's, it's worth having a think about experience and what what older people might say about this and in fact uh watching warren and charlie on the berkshire uh, annual meeting uh, last night and i guess uh, i think buffett once said he said well imagine if somebody said to you right you can buy this car uh, but it's the only car you're ever going to get so you've got to make it run for the next 40 years 
And of course, if that was the case, you would read the manual five times. You would uh, you would get it serviced regularly. You know, you you would take immense care of it because it's the only car you're ever going to have. But he said, well, that's that's how you should think about your body and mind. You're only going to get one body, uh, so you should take care of it. So uh, when he sits there drinking his cherry coke, I guess you shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't take that at face value. <laughs> that's a, a subliminal message to invest in Coca Cola, maybe. But um, but I think his point is an important one, and you should try to also feed not just feed your body in a healthy way, but also feed your mind. And obviously, yeah, we know that Buffett and Munger are very widely read people, but yeah. um, you know, that would be his take on it, is that uh, you know, in the end, you've only got one body and mind, so try and sort of nourish it with, with positive material and positive energy. It's always that one part of Buffett that's astounded lots of people, I think, is that diet, you know, that um, basically steak and um, Coca-Cola. Now, I'll tell you an interesting thing. And we'll talk about this further on. There's a diet called the Shangri-La diet. Oh, um, God, I'm tuning out. Is this yeah. going to be, yeah, it'll be steak and salad or, and schooners no, or something? I don't know. It would be, um, I can't remember the guy's name, and we'll talk about it later when we talk about fitness in a, another sit, you know, one of the following weeks. But it's it's heavily based on sugared water and normal food. But, you know, like, because I read it and went, ah, you know, what, drinking sugared water like Gatorade and Coke is like, nah, that's not going to work. But it's a a really, it's a really interesting sort of thing. But to take a step back, it's an interesting one. And this is what fascinates me about people is that, you know, like we can sit here and go, look, here's the four Fs and this is what you've got to do. And, you know, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And then you get a bloke like Buffett who says, I have five cans of Coke a day, I eat steak, I don't eat vegetables, uh, I'm really boring. But, you know, there he is at 90, still going strong. Um, Charlie Munger at, you know, 97. And I I think one of the secrets, and I, I, I because, because of evidence, is most people who live a long time generally are low stress like they they're not in they're not they're not highly strung people even people who are not really wealthy if you find old people who are 90 and 95 but they're very they're positive um not necessarily overly healthy but also what i found Pete is most of them have got a philosophy of life you know like they they're people who have not thought deeply but have just taken life in its stride in, you know, what's been delivered to them. And so, uh, and, and it gets, again, back to a lot of the things we'll talk about with flow and stuff like that where they've just sort of gone, oh, well, you know, a little bit of that Buddhist, you know, shit happens. It's a bit like, oh, well, it just happens and you you deal with it and then you, you move on and you just continue to, you know, live your life and keep going. And I think that that's the first place where you want to start. And that's why I, I think philosophy, which is, you know, knowing yourself and just understanding your interactions with the world is the best place to start looking at the other stuff as well. Yeah, I think um, so when we go through our uh, coaching programs, I think it's uh, I think I don't know how well we've articulated this, but it's the four F's model is certainly not about instructing people yeah, well, you must meditate every day yeah. and you've got to run marathons to be yeah. fit and all the rest of it because, for, for one thing, it would be hypocritical, but also uh, clearly the model has to work for the individual. And I think 
you know, take the fitness point. You've got to do something that you enjoy doing, otherwise you won't do it. Uh, yeah. I ran, I ran the Sydney Marathon. Uh, I don't know. 15 years ago and my knees were shot to pieces it was about 28 degrees and uh, I probably did drink about you know drink about six Gatorades afterwards and uh, I don't know that that's a very sustainable way to approach fitness certainly not for me um, so but I think there are some important parts to the 4Fs model and we probably don't have time necessarily to go through them all today but this is something we cover in our coaching programs and there are a certain qualities or principles or characteristics that we think are probably critical to success and, and they sit within the 4Fs model. I think we've, we've even already touched on some of them. I think balance is one of them. You know, take Buffett himself. You know, he, he's been a hugely successful investor and businessman, but probably, as you mentioned, during the Buffett miniseries, there was probably a point in his life where you know things were out of balance and it he might have done things a bit differently with regards to his family and marriage and so on and you know his political views have shifted over time as well uh, so balance is clearly one i think um you mentioned uh, discipline is probably an important principle or characteristic i think if you've got some level of discipline it, it's much more it's much easier to apply principles consistently um and it, rather than if you're being a bit haphazard in your approach maybe one of the other key principles i think uh well let's mention a few i think thoughtfulness uh curiosity uh persistence and planning those are a few that uh are part of the the model we don't have to go through every single one today but i think um certainly as you mentioned i think using an overall life philosophy as a first starting point and having a level of thoughtfulness and planning and goals to work towards those tend to be useful principles or characteristics uh, to sit within that 4Fs model. Yeah, I think so. We, let's you know we probably run out of time, bore people, Stu. But let, let's um, let's discuss them next week or the the week after. But I think that again, what we're trying to do is help people with those characteristics, like the principles of investing. These characteristics to say, well, here's here's the broad macro sort of stuff you want to have a think about you know you want to think about a plan and you want to think about curiosity and um, you know discipline you know we'll get into this further but also talking about for example applying the Kelly principles that we talk about in investing applying those to your life and you know what you find is there's a group of principles that are generally make you successful and it would be, you know, discipline, persistence, uh, thoughtfulness, curiosity. So I, I see that as the common threads through successful people, whether they're successful in finance or in sports or just, you know, generally in, in other facets of running a business and those sorts of things. So we can probably talk about those next time. Yeah, that's exactly it. So often we forget in life that money is a means to an end. There's not much use in having all the money in the world if you don't have an end for it. And But I think many of us probably haven't thought about the journey and what that end uh, might look like. So that that is a key part of what we cover in the 4Fs model. Um, it's interesting because I often get referred to in the media as you know guru or you know property guru, wealth guru. And that, for me, there's nothing... You know, it really jars with me, that phrase, because for one thing, it's just not not in my personality at all to see myself that way. But also, you know, I much prefer the word coach because as anyone who knows me would attest, there's nothing guru-like about me. And we've all had 
our ups and downs and uh you know everybody goes along their own journey and uh you know th- this is an important part about the 4f's model nobody is perfect uh you know i lose my temper with my kids just like everybody else does and uh if you ever see me flying long haul from london to sydney you wouldn't be looking at a guru that's for sure so uh, i think uh, so what we're going to do in this mini series though is go through uh, each of the four f's fun fitness finance and philosophy now Obviously, the philosophy point comes last because it doesn't actually begin with F. But actually, as we go through the mini series, philosophy is the first one we will cover because everything else really hangs off that life philosophy. Uh, so thanks for joining today, Steve. Um, looking forward to uh, covering off the rest of the four Fs with you as we go through. No problem, Pete. I'll, uh, I'll look forward to it. Yeah, I'm especially looking forward to the fun episode and learning more about your guitar escapades. So uh, thanks for joining everyone today and we'll see you next week for the next episode in our 4Fs mini-series. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to know more, you can download a free chapter and extra bonuses from our new book, Low Rates, High Returns. Just visit www.lowrateshighreturns.com forward slash book to download your free copy the things we've discussed in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice and we recommend you reach out to a licensed professional advisor who can help you with your unique circumstances Stephen and i are both on linkedin and twitter so do reach out and connect with us and finally it'd be great if you could subscribe and leave us a review it really helps others to find the show now take care and invest wisely cheers cheers